never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview and I'm so excited because I've got David Milan with me. David Milan is a man who is diving into the existential question, is it nature or nurture? What about our behavior? How much of it is really encoded in our genes? How much is it encoded at a very early stage? And if it is really so heavily encoded, well, can we do anything about it? <laughs> Both David and I believe, yes, we can. But let's deep dive or dive deep. Deep dive. Let's, if Shakespeare can make up words, I can make up words. Okay, let's be clear about that. David, welcome to my show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Stefan. Lovely to be here. <laughs> and David, I mean, how did you get into this field of, of making people better? I mean, you are there, you are convinced that we can change the world. You're convinced that people can be remolded regardless of nature or nurture. And we go into that in a moment. But I mean, you didn't wake up one day when you were eight years young and sort of think, hey, mom, I know what I'm going to do. I make people better. Now, how did your story start? <laughs> well, I think complex trauma started my story. Mm. Uh, living in a, in, a, in a world that was fairly isolated with my father, probably less than pleasant, and my mother a little less than pleasant also, and uh, dad was a pretty heavy drinker and an Air Force pilot. Mum was the same. And, of course, we were moving around and travelling all over the world uh, as a young person. So my view of life was quite narrow until I joined the military right. at the age of 18. And, of course, there was a little bit of a shock in that because growing up fast was what you had to do. Mm. I was about nine years having fun with the Australian Army and a few failed relationships and, you know, a few things didn't go well wondering what it was all about, you know, how come I'm so technical term broken, which doesn't actually exist, but that's what you feel like when back then. Mm. And uh, so when I met my second wife, Deborah, I decided, well, actually she decided or helped me decide <laughs> to uh, get off my, out of my unemployment phase and growing potatoes in, in, you know, in the backyard somewhere in the middle of nowhere as you do when you've got PTSD, and go to university. So I uh, decided to, to do that, and uh, I did a social work degree. And rather than counting blankets, uh, I decided to get into, mainly for my own benefit, I didn't want to hear a lot of stories. Sounds weird, but I didn't because they kind of activated my trauma. So I decided there must be a better way to tackle this 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 situation of how do we help people get through these processes? Mm. You know, these are the really difficult times in their lives. And I, I learned, of course, the usual obligatory CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy. I was in the mental health services for quite a while as a senior clinician, both child and adolescent and adult. I ended up leaving the mental health services and going into private practice, and I guess that's where things really took off because in private practice, well, you had to compete with other practices. Hmm. So you end up getting into, I guess, the best practice that you can and the most evidence-based practice you can absolutely find so that you can deliver the best service you can. Hmm. And over the years, so I, met, I met a guy named Dr. Daniel Siegel, Dr. Stephen Forges, uh, Dr. Edward Tronic, a whole bunch of people into interpersonal neurobiology. But then I took another turn because I thought there must be more. So I went and became a hypnotist, a clinical hypnotist, and learned how to do that, a conversational hypnotist. I learned NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. I wish they got rid of the programming bit because that's what killed them. <laughs> and uh, then uh, I started to learn about power and control dynamics and started to write all my own workshops around how people operate, how they work. So I'd been training people for many years anyway in just how human beings operate. I call it the self-awareness method. So I created that in order to assist people to understand themselves, the deepest part of who they truly are at a deep level. And then and finally I started to get into the, the concept of coding 
And the idea uh, recently, it's probably going to be out of the last couple of years, recently that literally we're encoded. And then in the old days, we didn't believe that we were like computers. We used to kind of move away from that. But now we're kind of moving back towards that analogy that literally we have this code. And this code, this code is kind of like all those predeterminants for survival. Yeah. And so then I, I start to think, okay, well, how much of these predeterminants for survival are really going to dictate my behavior and how much of it is going to be my free will. So then I started working uh, with, with a lad who is a medical physicist and has written a PhD, his name's Tony, and he started talking about brain error code and things like that, error signals and, uh, and a whole bunch of other things, neuroscience things that were really fascinating. So putting it all together, now I'm at this point where I'm writing the book, uh, The Human Installation, The Secret Life of Heaven, and which describes the whole journey in a story. It's actually just a story, but it gives all the information in a, in a story-based format. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And I've started to understand it's all about identity as well. So I've got this identity. And then we're going through these phases of identity, this early life identity, this adolescent identity, and this adult identity. Hmm. And in our relationships, Dr. Leo Loudris will tell you that they're encoded between the age of five and eight. So even our relationship choices, there is certainly a code. And so my understanding now, and I've termed this emotional evolution. So I believe we don't just physically evolve, but we emotionally evolve. Absolutely. And I believe our emotional evolution, again, being a natural, natural process or nature process, is that in order to be the best human being we can be for future generations. So I stand on the shoulders of my parents and their evolution. My children stand on my shoulders, but not just physical, but cognitive and emotional. Mm. So in other words, if I'm a better person, it's going to make them better people because not only has modelling come into play from mm. my own stuff, but my genetics, my epigenetics, all of that lot. Mm. And now hopefully we're going to get these people that aren't going to repeat the same patterns of behaviour, mm. thought and feeling that I had, which I've definitely passed on to them. Mm. So interestingly enough, it's all about evolution, mm. although it's an evolutionary process that's quite dynamic. It's a dynamic process. It's You're not stuck in a box of hair colour, eye colour, just going to do that yeah. thing. We're always going to be stuck in intergenerational trauma. No someone can break the mould. And so what I'm now understanding in my own self and, and now t looking at it as, as almost like computer programming, it's almost like we've got zero and one. We've got pain and we've got pleasure. We've got safe and we've got unsafe. We've got error code and we've got correction code. And error codes keep running until there's a correction code, ironically. Mm. So how do we get an error correction code? Well, that is the trick. So that is really, that's my journey. That's that's where I'm at, and I'm sure there's going to be much, much more. Thank you, Stefan. That was, yeah, a wonderful <laughs> question. I know it's just, in this, you know, we are not just right now walking on stage and say, here I am. This is, no, we have got a journey that led us to who we are. and sure. And this journey doesn't start now it doesn't even start with with you being a baby no not even when sort of a sperm and an oocyte meet there's a beautiful study uh where rats were kept in cages and they uh wafted some cherry flavor uh through that cage and gave the rats shocks electric shocks so they very quick as quickly associated them if there's cherry flavor coming it hurts so these uh, rats were taught that, and then they did what rats do, have babies. And then the babies, without ever, ever having been exposed to that experiment, were uh, having some cherry flavor wafted through their cage. Yes. And what happened, they very quickly got chittery because they expected pain to happen. Mm. So genetics. Exactly. So here you have yeah. got within the genome, um, mm. the warning laid down. Exactly. Now I, as an anesthetist, I see that again and again, one in 10 people have needle phobia. Yeah. 
And it really comes mm-hmm. back 50,000 years mm-hmm. ago. Some dude mm-hmm. in, a, in a cave figured out, actually, hey, if you don't get stabbed, you live longer. And that's really important. That's right. So therefore, why don't we actually encode it? And that's the reason that some of my patients are true survivors. They go nuts when I come close to them with a needle. And that is basically all encoded. So there's so much more, but we are only just beginning to learn about that. So, but David, if that is the case, for crying out loud, that is hard-coded. That is in my genes. How the hell can I get rid of that? No way in hell. Of course we can. Because it's always evolving. It's about evolution. We never sit still. We never stay still. But there's different kinds of evolution. So so behavioral patterns, for example. So let's say that I have, because I've got very heavy encoding of alcohol in my family. Let's be real. Okay. Dad Welcome, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm right with you, bro. So, of course, when I had my first drink at 11, out of the fridge, out of the Bailey's bottle. I didn't even know what it was. I just go, oh, this is nice. It tastes pretty good. <laughs> Helps regulate my pain because yeah. alcohol is an anesthetic. Technically, of it course. regulates your emotional pain as well as, you know, does other things to you. It's a teratogen as well. So not too flash for the neurons in our system. Yep. And I'm going to say we've got three systems. We've got a head brain, which I call the thinky brain. We've got a heart brain and a gut brain. Hmm. Gut brain is our enteric system. The, we've got that's our gut brain. That's like what I call the primal brain. That's like our intuition. That's like our safe, unsafe coding. And then we've got our, our our heart brain, which there's a lot more study needing to be done on the heart. Although we do know it has neurons, we do know it has white matter, and we, and I believe personally that it processes complex feelings. Mm. So why, when I ask someone, for example, where do you feel love? They don't point to their head. Mm. They point to their heart. And then we've got our good old thinky brain. And below that, we've got another processing unit. So I've got this complex processing unit and a hard drive. Let's put it that way. Mm. And this could, hard drive is in. No, yeah, I'm just don't. thinking I mean, you're an Australian and you're a man. I mean, there is another brain there that often misleads many men, <laughs> and it's a little bit lower than that. So, yeah, come on. Oh, you're, that brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. But I think that is basically. Well, yeah. That is that, a mixture. That would be what I call primal code. That's well, that's primal code. Exactly. Exactly right. So primal code is safety, protection, procreation. Correct. Correct. So no, I like that. For, for me, uh, a primal code is like, okay, so you've got a lad. And I do a lot of work with our relationships. I actually teach people how to connect. Hmm. Uh, and we also work in the, 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 the code of attraction. So attraction is refraction. Mm. So technically what's happening is whatever I'm looking at, if I'm feeling pretty good about it, guess what? Then I attribute those feelings to the other person. It's called emotional refraction, Dr. Blackman. You can look it up. It's huge. Mm. Also, the opposite is if I'm feeling not too flash about you and I'm looking at you, guess what? Now I attribute that pain to you as well. So this primal, this primal code has these three areas. Now safety is always first. Now, in the nervous system, I'll just call the whole thing the nervous system. It's just easy, right? Because mm. again, I, I, I look. I'm not. You're a you're a, you're a specialist. You're an anesthetist. So, but most people that I deal with are not anesthetists, right? So, most people that are coming to me are the guy that got the divorce papers slipped across the table in the morning, <laughs> and and and, and, oh, and he gosh, says, yeah. uh, "Hey, bro, my wife divorced me this morning. What did I do wrong?" And I'm going to say, "Bro," I say, "Bro." So, so what? What? Tell me about the relationship. You'll tell me. Mm. Yeah, I did this, 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 and this. You know, she's got a big rock on her finger. She's. Um, I went out and I did FIFO on the mines, and I, you know, I fixed the doors and I provided protection. I provided procreation. Uh, I provided a level of safety. My only question to this lad is, did you meet her emotional needs? And he's going to look at me and go, "What are they?" <laughs> so, so true. In reality, and I'm only biologically correct, not politically correct. So correct, correct. Mail, no, no, right? no, 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 no. I work in nature, Don't only worry. nature. Yeah, I hear you. So, so this, these, these primal codes are really what are called default mode settings. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I have, so when the thinky brain kind of you know peters out because it's overwhelmed, we generally go and we start defaulting. So let's say I've got a lad who's pretty smart, you know, he's about, let's say he's 12 or 13, you know, he's getting a little bit of testosterone, maybe he's mm. going through puberty. 
Now, one day he's studying, and the next day he's interested in girls. It's almost <laughs> overnight. Now, what's yep. happening there? Well, procreation driver mm. has now come to the fore. Yeah. But just like the old lad got the divorce paper slipped across the table, now at a certain stage after about seven years when nature goes, you know what, the kids are self-sufficient now, another driver can kick in. So for, for, for his partner, it may be now I don't need the protection so much, but now I need longevity of relationship. I need the oxytocin. I need, I need the pair bonding chemical. I need longevity. So now I need emotional, emotional connection. Now I need emotional safety. So there's five safeties. There's physical, mental, emotional, financial, sexual, and spiritual. There's actually six, sorry. Mm. Often I use left spiritual off. Mm. So what I'm saying is that we operate on these different levels. So right at the bottom is all the genes, the epigenetics and all mm. of that lot. Yeah. Then it goes up into what I call emotional drivers. Now there's 17 of those and they are encoded into us when we're little. Basically, whatever was going on for our parents is going on for us. We yeah. have a big sponge and we absorb it. Then after that, five to eight, we're encoding our relationship choices. Lucky us, we're still pre-encoded. And then as we're going along, we're starting to develop these high functions. We're starting to develop a, mm. a more of a different identity. Mm. So absolutely, lads at certain stages are going to be driven by a different kind of brain, mm. although that goes into the, into the procreation driver. What's I like it. Thoughts, I like no, absolutely. I like it uh, how you tied it together because these are all all absolutely substantial needs for our species yes. to continue. So therefore, yes. whilst that sounds weird, of course I'm developed. Of course I'm evolved. I'm a man. I make my decisions. Yeah, my bottom. Uh, no, there are so <laughs> many things that are actually going yeah. way below your conscious brain there. Mm. And actually, the vast, vast, vast majority of decisions that we make after, what, 34,000 decisions we make a day, uh, I would say mm. most of them, 90-something percent, will be well, you know, yeah. either down there or there. Exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Look, I absolutely agree. Most of us on autopilot. And the easiest way to understand autopilot is get in your car and drive somewhere. <laughs> True. Now, if you're not on autopilot, and this poor thing here is very energy intensive and takes up a lot of real estate. So this is like what I call the thinking mind or the assessing mind. Yeah. Then you've got the lying mind below, which basically just tells you stories about how you feel and what that means. It's always <laughs> trying to work things out. Oh, it must be that. It must be that. It must be that. Oh, it must be you emotional refraction right <laughs> and then yeah. underneath that you've got all this heart this all this process these, these yeah. different processing units that are really processing our primal stuff mm. so if you're driving along if you're in your thinking mind 100 percent, in other words you're prefrontal functioning yeah then you should be able to remember every single movement you made, every <laughs> single thing that happened, but you can't. Most of the time, you'll only react when you need to activate this. Yeah. So in, in reality, yeah. most of us are literally on autopilot. We're in, so there's a conscious mind, there's the subconscious and the unconscious. Mm. So in my work, the self-awareness method, the conscious mind is our thinking mind. The subconscious is our patterns of habit or our habits of thought, feeling, and behavior. So it's our patterns. So they're running always in the background. So if you imagine a computer, mm. it's a very simple analogy. You've got your CMOS, which is your basic operating system, mm. safety, protection, procreation. Then you've got above that, you've got your programs that are all installed onto it. Epigenetics, mm. genetics, modeling, attachment, all that. Not. Mm. Then finally, you've got your operator. So this mm. is your operator. And your operator is trying to run the show. Problem is the uh, programs aren't necessarily doing what they do. Yeah. So if we get a virus, for example, or an error code, oh, my God, a quick go to default mode setting, fight, uh -huh. flight, freeze, or fall. Uh -huh. Our goal in life is to remain as best as we can in our thinking mind, name it to tame it, feel it to reveal it to heal it, and rewire to recover. They're the three things. Beautiful. Beautifully said. <laughs> that, that I believe we have to do uh, in order to have more control over our lives. That's so true. And those of you guys out there who think, oh, it's mumbo jumbo, this heart thing and that gut thing bullshit, 
Well, actually, just a little bit of piece of information. Your brain is about one and a half kilogram worth of neurons sitting there. Exactly the same amount of neurons is sitting in your gut. Now, that should give you something to think, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> and when you say you're talking out of your ass, maybe there's actually more mm, to that saying. There is. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's actually true. It's true because... Because the gut brain, like I call it, the gut brain, it yeah. can actually operate autonomous of the head brain. Yeah. Experiments were done where, with animals, unfortunately, I'm a mm. bit of an animal lover, but look mm. why the ability for the head brain to function, the gut brain functions fine. In fact, there are more signals going from the gut to the head than the head to the gut. Mm. So in reality, your gut is your primal operating system. It's saying, you know what, if it's dangerous, I'm taking over. Mm. And we probably don't want that, right? So it, it's it's a very complicated system. It's extremely complicated, although you can work with it. And that's what I teach, how to work with it. Mm. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then you could actually now that you that we understand that there is, that the gut plays an important role. If we now look how we're actually treating that gut with what we call food <laughs> um, <laughs> probably the packaging of what you buy in the supermarket has more nutritional value than actually what you put into your tummy um so that is regrettably uh, the fact we have got the fact that there is that there are more cells not from mommy and daddy then there are cells from mommy and daddy. So you've got all these bacterial genome that is actually sitting, the gut microbiome, who is sitting there and is working very much with the with the nerves down there. For example, these beautiful gut microbiopes, they can create serotonin, our feel-good, mm. feel-good hormone. Hey, you know, there are a lot of things that we thought, ah, yeah, it's just gut, who cares? No, 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 there is actually mm. so much going on down there. Yeah. So here we are. So we've got bloody hell. So we've got nerd nature who has given us this genetic load, so to speak, of information, some of it correct and some of it useful, a lot of it probably pretty much outdated and maybe done right wrong and and lying lying to us um then we have got this believing there where where this this kind of dude in there says oh i think oh my god have a look how he looked at you you are bad you're guilty you must you should be ashamed all this kind of bullshit oh mm. so you've got that and now you're saying whoa this is that it all needs a big shake up where to start Brother, where to start? <laughs> well, let's start with Erico. Okay. Okay. So when, when we fail in a strategy, we get an error code in our brain. And you can actually see a spike. Okay. Now, when we're, when we're little, when we're talking really little now, and we're always hardwired to connect, so imagine you want to connect mm. and you try to connect to a significant other and that fails for whatever reason. There's a lot of stuff being read, you know, a lot of stuff hardwired in there for that connection. Then you'll get this error code or try and do a correction. So you'll try again and again, error code, error code, error code, can't connect. And then you'll do a correction. You'll try another behavioral strategy. So mm. let's say you, you start having a tantrum, for example, you, connecting you can't do that you have a tantrum that gets you more pain because every time you get an error code dopamine gets sucked out of yourself mm. you get a dopamine reduction which is that reward chemical so basically if we start looking at depression now we're starting to look at dopamine lack of dopamine so let's say your strategies fail your three strategies you've got as a kid so you end up connect cry basically be quiet, dissociate. Now, dissociation in that context is actually a rest for the brain. Mm. It's now resting so that it can retry that strategy again. And if you ever look at Edward Tronick's still faces, you'll see a child go through these processes. They'll try their strategies, they all fail, and then the child just becomes still because they're now regrouping up here somehow. Now, that's creating these error codes. Now, the problem with error codes is they don't go away. 
They're, they're, they're literally wired. Earliest learning is strongest learning. Look at Dr. Borges' work with the polyvagal theory. So your earliest learning is your strongest learning, and that becomes your default, okay, mm. if things fail. So when you're an adult and you start trying strategies that mm. start to remind you of those failures, you will then get error code. And if you don't do a correction in your cognitive mind where you reframe the meaning mm. and the feeling and you work mm. with the gut, because I do a lot of work with the gut these days, that error code just basically stays there. So you get these repeated patterns of behavior. Because all we're trying to do in the nervous system is safety is literally predictable and comfortable is safe. Unsafe is unpredictable and uncomfortable. But you know what? Even if it's uncomfortable, if it's unpredictable, it's dangerous. So often we will do uncomfortable things because they are predictable. Now, when it comes to substances, let's talk about substances because they're critical. Mm. We're going to talk about firsts. I work with the first code, the first time things are encoded. Mm. Not all the little stories we tell ourselves later that we associate with what's going on because that's what we do. We're prediction machines. We try and predict the outcome or we make associations with the past and then we go, oh, yeah, that's I get this error code, so I get a feeling in the body that's unpleasant. Oh, it must be that. That's me lion brain associating. Or it might be true. It might be very true because we have different traumas through our lives, yeah? So I call the error codes like microtraumas and then we've got major traumas. So we're always mm. having microtraumas, really. Mm. Mm. Now, let's say that... Early, I'll give you an idea of a first. Let's say you're a little baby and you're crying because technically now you're in pain because in our brain, pain is pain, emotional, mental, physical, mm. same as all the same. It's it's mm. a very powerful, very uh, very good system that that is very efficient. Let's say it's mm. very efficient. So here we've got this pain. I'm crying as a baby. Now, what's the first thing my connected mother does? Like I say to my parents, it's all about connected parenting. Well, she feeds me. She whacks me on the breast. So one of my first learnings in my gut, it's in the gut, is that when I'm in pain, I put something in my body. Now, that's one of the first. So as I get older and I'm in emotional pain because I'm in trauma, I'm putting the alcohol into my body. I'm putting the drugs into my body. I'm putting the food into my body, trying to feel better. Because I've been, I learn and I'm wired that I need to get rid of this pain. Now, the problem is with some of these substances, they're pretty strong. Mm. And eventually, what I'm trying to do is kill my gut. It's the source of my pain. So I'm trying to kill it. So, ironically, when I was in the army, I was drinking a hell of a lot because I'm in so much emotional pain, so much, so traumatized, oh. not knowing that up here. I had no idea. Oh. Yet here I am killing my gut every day. Trying to kill the pain. <laughs> Later on, ironically, it was very interesting. Later on, uh, when I left my first wife, I stopped drinking for a time, just overnight. Isn't that interesting? Technically, uh, that should never have happened. Yeah. But a lot of my stress went away. <laughs> so immediately, I stopped oh, killing dear. my gut. Oh, now, later on, I, I, I met someone else and, you know, yeah. I had a better life and she's really good. Not saying the other one wasn't really good because she, she's, you know. They're all good. Everyone is a good person. We're all humans. We're all good. We're all evolving. So part of this process, in our, we have to feel it to reveal it to heal it. We have to feel how we feel and sit in that feeling so that we can rewire that feeling. Yeah. Because when we feel that feeling, we build up tolerance to that pain. Yeah. Now, if we just kill it, we just kill it with a substance, and alcohol is a anesthetic. Correct. So what I'm doing dating coaching because I do dating coaching. So let's give you an example. So let's say I've got a lad. Just a lad, you know, a likely lad. And this likely lad is an Adonis. He's a Greek god, let's say. Uh -huh. He's standing next to me. and We're in some interesting place where there's a lot of people around. And he wants to talk to this person over there. He's got a little bit of anxiety. So his window of tolerance, his tolerance for his pain is quite low. Now, he's going to want to do the thing that every young lad wants to do when they're feeling nervous. He's going to want to go to the bar. Uh, he's going to want to kill the pain. Uh, and I'm going to say, no, bro, you're not doing that. It's not going to happen because uh, you've got to feel this pain. He's going, oh, but if I go up there, lying brain, I'll get rejected. Error signal from the past, early life rejection. Bang, error signal, 
kill the pain, go to the bar, or don't approach the person. And I'm going to say, let's work through the error signal. Let's make a correction code. Let's correct the error. Uh-huh. And he'll go, oh, okay, it's an error. Yes, it's a computer program that's just kind of skew with, but we're going to correct the error. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him some skills and drills called Three Magic Question Protocol, Echo Technique, a bunch of stuff, maybe even a script. And I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do is model it to him because he has to see someone else do it in order to know it's safe. There's no, I don't work in classrooms. I don't just tell people stuff. I do it. If I do not do it, then I don't teach it. So I will go out and I'll, that person, he wants to, I'll go up, start the conversation, get it all happening. And then I'll come back and I'll say, hey, bro, she wants to speak to you. You go, what? <laughs> it's okay. You can approach. So he approaches, he goes through. Now, don't forget in his error code, he's losing his dopamine. Uh-huh. He's got lots of cortisol, right? So he's basically being told this is a threat. Yep. His window of tolerance is still pretty small and he wants to go and drink and make his window smaller. Although we're not letting him, so we're pushing through the pain. We're feeling it to heal it, and we're going to reveal where in the body he feels that feeling because those neurons, we want to talk to those neurons. Don't ask. It's a different process. So it's not a, huh. I'm not a head on a stick. We are just not heads on sticks. We were taught in the old days, oh, you're a head on a stick. It's yeah. all about thinking. Well, if it's all about thinking, mate, how come I can't get off the couch because I'm bloody depressed? Uh-huh. If I've got a head, I've got two arms, two legs, and a body, technically I can get off the couch, right? But it's not about me thinking because me thinking ain't working because it's in this other system that's gone, error code, error code, error code, error code, error code, sit there, shut down. So I ain't going anywhere until we change the code, yeah? So I'll meet lots of chocolate, a bit of pain, <laughs> a bit of oxy. It's actually yep. activating me. Drinking lots of coffee to activate the oxytocin, yeah. But bottom line is it's not working. So we're back in this bar. No, it wasn't a bar. Sorry, this establishment. I didn't say bar. Okay, just know that. Just don't picture a bar, whatever you want. Okay, so here we are back in the establishment with my Adonis. And I do this first approach, come back to him, and he's going to do the second one. So I walk behind him and he goes up and he says, Hi, my name's such and such, whatever he says. And wow, it actually, he does it. He just goes through that process. He gets a dopamine hit. Uh-huh. Because he achieved something. That's a reward. Uh And that reward starts rewiring his brain. Uh Now, we now have in the conscious mind, the old thinky mind, a bit of a problem because the old error message is going to have trouble operating when there is new code that suggests it's not right. It's incorrect. (laughs) So there has to be an adjustment. Yeah. So now he adjusts. And if we do that 100 times, if we get 100 approaches going, that adjustment will be enough to write new code. Exactly. And all that code is sensory. So what does he see? What does he hear? What does he taste? What does he smell? What does he touch? Where is he in time and space proprioception? Is it neuroceptively safe or unsafe? Yeah. So we're going through exercises to ground him in the body, to keep him there. We're going through this, this code because the same part of the brain that processes reality processes imagination, ironically. In other words, how can we wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and go, oh, my God, I'm going to have a bad day at work tomorrow. I'm going to imagine it because this is your quantum mind. But the, the nervous system, this other part, this lower primal system, it doesn't have a time date place reference. Everything happens in the past and the past is now for him. Mm. Literally, right now I'm in the past. But the quantum mind goes, oh, that's the future. Well, that, you know, it, it's actually able to predict. It's got this predicting ability, yeah? So he's already predicted before he even started that it will fail because the error messages are going off, which tells him it's failed in the past. But then it doesn't fail. And let's ha- we might have to reframe it because that's really critical. We have to reframe the meaning. So let's say he'll say to me, honestly, he'll say, oh, but, but I forgot what to say. He'll say something that's not too flash. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go, hey, bro, how did you feel when you did it? Oh, really nervous. How did you feel when you achieved the goal of just talking to that person for five minutes? He'll go, I felt really good. That's right. That's what I want you to remember. Uh-huh. And every, the more you do it, if you do your drills, you get your skills. Nice. So the more you do it, the more you wire it up. The more you wire it up, the more you myelinate it, the more you myelinate it, the more it becomes a habit. This is your new habit and your new correction code now uh, basically overwriting or well, not over, it doesn't overwrite but it, it, it basically stops the error code operating beautiful so that's what's got to happen to make behavioral changes 
We've got to go through a somatic process in the body as well as a cognitive process of meaning making and new meaning making, which cognitive therapy got it right there. And we've got to go through this somatic process and then we have to repeat the hell out of that. That's a technical term. I could use others, but we're on a lovely family podcast. We've got to repeat a lot of that in order to get that code, that correction code to get locked in there. And also we do some stuff to talk to the gut because the gut's a bit weird in the way it understands stuff. Doesn't use thoughts. It uses the feeling, uses the energy and motion or the emotion. It uses the feeling that goes with the meaning base because language makes meaning. So this process is actually quite simple if you follow the steps. Mm. You don't follow the steps, it doesn't work. Anyway, what do you reckon, Stefan? It makes a hell of a lot of sense because what you're doing is you're actually changing the state of your body uh, by in a very systematic approach. Therefore, you change your feelings. You are actually making it really hard to fall into the same rant, into the same why me, why me, poor me, and I'm a <laughs> failure. I'm such a failure. You have no idea. Mm. No, you are, you are actually using principles of celebrating the small wins and principles of gratitude yes. principles that that uh, that other people have have used in in words that maybe maybe don't touch the people as much as maybe the, the way you have reframed it and rephrased it and i love it for that because especially the younger we are uh, the, the more the more we get into the computer age mm -hmm. We need to talk a different language, a language that actually a different generation understands. There are some oldies but goldies and, and good old old kind of, <laughs> you know, that's okay. Um, and we are probably that generation. But uh, having said that, no, we need to be able to talk the language that uh, means something for people mm -hmm. out there. And if if there is a spiritual way of connecting with that person mm. and and delivering the message that's brilliant but there's so yes. many other people out there who are a bit more questionable who are a bit more scientific in their in their approach to life uh regardless how how fucked up their life is due to their, mm. their programming or whatever it is it is let's be clear about that mm. but they're still they've mm. got this kind of thinking oh no i need to understand what's going on you yeah. allow them to do that you bring that with your approach you uh put it into a yeah a modern language really that makes in instinctively sense to me so for me as a as a strategic kind of you know bloke mm. who wants to know how things work i'll take it all that is you you got me there and that is so powerful you spoke to me uh both in a in a in a language that i understand as well as the principles suddenly made sense so mm. that is powerful that is bloody powerful brother uh that that would have not grown uh overnight that that thing that is <laughs> 35 <laughs> years that well, i was about to say uh so this man this man did his homework okay he was his own guinea pig <laughs> he tried this he tried oh, yes. that <laughs> exactly oh, yes well once you start getting into attraction code now that's <laughs> oh. even more interesting oh cool I, I work i work with males and females yeah. of course yeah. and and look I will not mansplain anybody. Remember, I'm biologically correct, not politically correct. So I only work in the biology. So yeah. please don't get offended. But males and females, we process language differently. Uh -huh. Yeah. So when we are working with different people, uh, they're all we're all human. Although we do have a slightly different coding for for biological reasons, you know. And I don't know if we can escape that yet. Right. Maybe in 25, 25 we will. When we're all are actually heads on sticks, but at the moment we can't do that, right? So there, there's when it comes to attraction, this is where it gets really interesting. And my secret life of Kevin really goes right into this because this is my passion. When it comes to connecting with other human beings, there's a code. Oh, there's a code, and that code is fairly prescriptive. It gets really interesting in that context. So there's 26 signs of attraction. There is a seven-step safety code that we all go through that the nervous system will run automatically. And in fact, if you go against the code, you'll get feelings that are unpleasant. You'll get error messages. 
Mm. So, and often we push ourselves through the error messages. One of the things I tell my, my people is please don't push yourself through safety code error messages. So if I have someone who has, say, severe sexual abuse, for example, and they're with their partner, but they're trying to push themselves through a physical contact, their error messages are going off like nuts. And I'll ask them to, to not push themselves through that because then we'll just get this emotional wall mm. that occurs. It's kind of the invisible wall. And often when I used to do couple work, because I used to do it a while back, I'd get one person here, one person there, and I'd get them to walk towards each other until they could feel the wall. And that told me where the nervous system had actually determined that relationship was. Mm. So if I'm in that place, it's not a bar, but let's pretend I'm in that place. Pretty soon I can work out how relationships are because I also yeah. do all the body language and all of that lot too because yeah. you have to. Hey, behaviour, do it all. So we can read certain things. It doesn't give us exact. It's a, it's a base. We need a baseline. It's a guideline. Although there are definitely certain things that tell us, for example, if someone is running a traction code, we call it taxi light on. Mm. So you can have a couple. One of them is running a traction code. The other one's oblivious. Guess which one's oblivious? You'll never guess. <laughs> One of them's running it. Oh, I can't say. Can't say. One of them's running their attraction code, probably unconsciously, but somehow uh, it's going to become conscious. And then that is going to start uh, attracting attention, shall we say, unconsciously. So we, we are more biologically driven than we like to give ourselves credit for. Uh -huh. That's for sure. I mean, there are there are studies from the eighties, nineties where um, the the speed uh, with which we make these decisions uh, were tried to be quantified, and and there were some some results that basically said that within fifteen seconds of a woman walking into a room, she has decided with whom she will sleep, at least in in a, in 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 the the very basic form. Yeah. Um, how does that actually all happen? So, I mean, is that is that something that that you have come across uh, in your studies? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Well, yeah. how does that all work? I mean, how does <laughs> that safety oh code that the safety wow. code work with that right. with that primal instinct? It's primal instinct, isn't it? There's a lot going on. To to describe it to you, uh, we. we I'll do my best because, again, this is a whole workshop. This is my <laughs> personal professional empowerment relationship self-defense work. Oh, wow. I help people actually defend themselves against narcissists and stuff like that. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So I, I have I have techniques that help people recognize these codes, recognize mm -hmm. code breakers, and be able to manage relationships. But, let, let, okay, so, so basically I'm going to say most things are happening below wins. Now... Uh, our, if we are going to accept that our relationship decisions, like our partner decisions are encoded between the age of five to eight, just that's what the research suggests, then what's happening there is it's already attraction is technically pre-encoded into uh -huh. what you'll find attractive. Uh -huh. Now, that doesn't mean that that is the be-all and end-all. That's the sure. baseline. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So let's say I walk into a room. I will be running a code. It'll run. It'll be running. Mm -hmm. And I will notice immediately uh, elements that fit with that code. Mm -hmm. But it's what I do after that that's critical. <laughs> so no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> we, we're going to... We're going to take the sex bit out because we, sleep with is not the reality. It's not work. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> fair call. Fair call. I was exaggerating. I, I do admit that. No, 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 no that's okay. That's okay. It, it's, 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 it's a code. Mm. So if I walk into a room and let's say I'm on someone else's love map. Now, I'm going to call it a love map because this is what I call it for my clients. You have a love map. Your love map has these elements on it. You will naturally notice people on your map and other people you won't. So, for example, 
Now, this is I have developed a whole system of of recognizing different behavioral styles to do with relationship called coquetting. Now, it's very complicated, but basically, your early life encoding will kind of lead you to doing things a certain way, and after that, you know, you can alter and change that up here in thinking mind. Mm. But for the most part, most people are, are following these maps. Because let's let's face it, these maps are tried and true. They keep us going. They keep us safe. Mm. Because the safety code keeps us safe and the attraction mm. code keeps us noticing the person who fits genetically with us, the per- person who's going to fit with what learning lessons I need to learn because I'm going to tell you nature's nature. It don't care. All it wants is evolution. So you generally attract someone that's going to help you learn your learning lessons that you never learnt when you were little. A bit of a problem that because some of them are painful. Mm. So therefore, what can happen is we can often attract people on our map that do what our parents did, act like the way our parents did, act like significant others did. Have you ever heard, oh, you just like your dad, you just like mm. your mum? Mm. Well, guess what? It's the map. So we call it the early life map. But that map can be altered and changed. It can be re-encoded. That's the beauty of it. You can put a new map on top of it which is what I help people to do. Mm. One of the biggest questions I get asked, Stefan, is how come I go out with the same person with a different face? And I say, (laughs) it's your map. It's your map. It's just your map. That's it. It's your map. Now, if you're not aware of your map, you're going to keep repeating the Mm. same patterns of relationship Mm. until you evolve, until you evolve past that that learning lesson that nature decides it wants to give you because nature's all about evolution. If you don't evolve, you go extinct. So the young lad who doesn't know about emotional needs technically now is becoming a bit of a dinosaur because now her taxi light's on and she's moving up evolutionarily. So when I walk into a room, I'll be on some maps. Now, now, attraction's not what we think it is, guys. It's not what you think it is. Forget everything the thinking mind has told you about attraction. Attraction is initially the map. Then it is how you make someone feel. It's emotional refraction is attraction. Exactly. So the map the map indicates who you might be attracted, like who might be a match for you based on a whole bunch of stuff. But after that, it's about how that other person makes you feel. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm walking into my room, which is not a bar. As we said, we're not in a bar. And let's say there's 10 people in the room, three of them, I might be on three maps. Mm-hmm. Now, immediately, they're going to run another code. They're going to run attraction code. Mm. Now, there's 26 signs of attraction. Yeah, good thing I can read it. So only one in 31 males can read attraction code. Interesting. 30 or 31 females can read attraction code. So we can be a bit dumb as rocks. It's it's just nature. Because guess who is the huntress? We're not the hunters. The ladies are the hunters because they have to be safe. They're the huntresses. They are huntresses. In this arena, they call the shots. Of course they do. Until level six of the safety code. So let's say I'm on three maps. Now, some things are going to happen. Now, if I'm a switched on lad, I'm going to notice some stuff. Now, when I walk into that room, as soon as I'm on a map, I will get a certain look. It's all about the look. Okay? I call it the looking game. This is all my stuff from my work, the looking game. So I'll get a certain look. Now, I must look back, hold eye contact and wait to see what happens with the eyes of the other person. If they sweep down, called the shy geisha, uh-huh. I'm on the map. It's good. <laughs> if they go sideways, half yeah. in, half out, if they sweep off, it's F off. Uh-huh. If a female ever looks up, when you look, trust me, she don't want to know you. Just Excellent. know that if you're a lad. Right? Excellent. So if I'm on her map and I get the right look, then what's got to happen is I've got to play this thing called the looking game. Now, she has better peripheral vision than me, so I've got to make sure I position myself correctly so she'll be over here somewhere, I'll be here, and it'll be positioning. And then what will happen is she'll run through a code. 
and there'll be certain signs that that you know that she wants me to connect with her. This connect, this is all connection. It's not sexual. It's connection. Uh-huh. I have timed this. If I don't connect with about fifteen minutes, I'm done. Hmm. She'll probably run code on. You know, she'll run a code elsewhere. So most of my lads have to to approach within fifteen within fifteen minutes minutes of this this particular code being ran. Once there's an approach and you're on a map, if you're on a map, you're about eighty five percent more likely to have a good connection. If you're not on a map, there are ways to get on a map, but I'm not revealing that here because now we're doing Jedi mind tricks. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a different ball game, yeah. and I, I always vet my people when I do this stuff. But at the end of the day, now we're on the map with approach. We have our discussion. Now it's a job interview. Mm. So literally now we're working on how we feel, a fraction. The better she feels, the better I feel, the more connected we get. We're on the map. We now go start to go through the safety code, mm. which has seven steps. So safety code will start to determine, and by the way, the ladies are the leaders of the code. Not us. Hmm. One of the worst things we were taught, we call it keynote, touch, bad, breaking code. She is leading this code. Hmm. Now, this is a nervous system code. This is unconscious. I work only in the deep, deep primal. That's where I work. That's my whole world. So if it's anywhere in the thinky brain, I don't care. The thinky brain can take a whole day to Jamaica, sit pina coladas on the beach for all I care. Because what's happening now is primal. Mm. It is, it, and it's been well studied, and all the research is there. So literally, she'll go through a code, and if everything works out right, we'll start to pair bond. And if we pair bond correctly, then there's a possibility of further connection. Then it's a whole different ball game as we have relationship. Mm. But these codes also run in relationship, by the way. They don't mm. stop there. So I'm married 25, 26 years. My wife still runs safety code with me when I get home. So I know if she doesn't do certain things, she's not safe for me to connect with her physically. So if I, I can make mistakes. And if I make mistakes and her nervous system's not ready to accept me, she will reject me. So it's a code. I love it. And I am a hacker of a code. I love I it. I'm a human hacker. So it it is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. Now, there's a lot more. There's five levels of this. Level five is Jedi Mind Tricks. Level one is kind of basic stuff, and it goes all the way down. And I teach it. I can teach it online. I can teach all of this. So (laughs) I want people to be safe. Yeah. I want my my lads and ladettes to be safe. Now, by the way, it doesn't matter what persuasion or, or sex you are. Guess what? Nature's nature. It still runs the code. It doesn't care. Mm. It's about safety, protection, procreation. Mm. It's own and it doesn't, it literally doesn't care what you're thinking about procreation. It is still running the code. For example, mm. years ago, I had a lady come to me and said, David, I am attracted to another man. And I said, Oh, that's interesting. How old are you? She goes, I'm 20. I said, Okay, well, almost midlife female, midlife crisis here. Okay. I said, uh, tell me about your partner. She goes, this is my first love. I thought to myself, whoops, there's the first code issue. And then she said to me, I'm at workplace and I'm attracted to this man. I don't know why because, you know, I love my partner and this little thingy brain. Love my partner and this, that and the other thing. And I said, by the way, do you, you have children? She goes, oh, no. And I said, well, that's what your code's doing. It's actually running your taxi light for someone else because the code is suggesting that the that, that time's running out because it's a code. They don't care what you think. And so it's easy to get around the code. All you got to do is understand it, that this is the code running and that it's doing this thing. So does he want children? And she said, well, no, we don't. But the code doesn't care. It's nature. So it determines at certain times and certain elements of this code will run like programs and they will try and push you towards certain things like that emotion, like I said, that, that, that emotional needs being met, for example. We have that protection and procreation need in the, originally, but later on for longevity of relationship, we need our emotional needs to be met. 
So then the code will start running. If the emotional needs start being neglected, guess what? Taxi light on. Code will start running. And males and females run taxi light. What do you think, mate? That's just some of it. I mean, this is huge. This is my whole world. Is it not? But it's so true. It It is so true when you reflect on on your words and the the, uh, thoughts, the thought patterns that you're, you're telling me there. God, I see immediately situations in my own life, in my current current relationship, i.e. in, in yep, I'm yep, 26 yep. years married. Uh, exactly the same thing yep. is happening when I walk through the door. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's code, mate. It's code. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Man, I mean, we too, we could talk for hours and, and, and I'm so tempted to actually do that. Um, <laughs> but I think... I need to do some homework. And I think a lot of people want to do some homework too. Tell us more about your book. Tell us more about your your uh, your whole your whole system. Where can people find you? Okay, so mymilan.com.au. So just my M-I-L-A-N, like Milan, the town or one word com.au is our website. Mm-hmm. We also have another one where I work with the movie and television industry. Uh, working with their understand, helping them work through their mental health, uh, uh, consulting on the mental health of their their people, their their, mm. their workers. Mm. So that is onsettherapist.com.au. Mm. But the My Milan site has uh, all of the information, well, not all of it, but information about how to contact us, how to talk to me. The best thing to do is go on to My Milan com.au contact us by email mm. or uh you'll get deb who does all i'm the front man she does everything else uh as you can imagine i'm pretty busy doing this so she will will direct you in the right direction we yeah. can have a yarn a chat if you want something now the human installation secret life of kevin is being written because it's it's a really and it's not a textbook it is a story so it is written as a story. So everything that I've been talking about and much more about how we operate is in this this book. Perfect. So release date? Yeah, uh, probably May. Yes. I'm looking for a decent editor. So if we've got a really good editor that's not going to cost me 10 grand, uh-huh. then I'm right there. Uh, so we're looking for a good editor. At the moment, because I'm up to about chapter 10, we've probably got about 23 chapters in it. So it's about halfway through. So I'd say, I'd say about in in May, sometime we're going to put it on Amazon. And this will be the culmination of pretty much all of my knowledge around these subjects uh, put together in one place as a good read (laughs) because it's comedy, it's funny, it's designed to be a good laugh, but it's also very serious because if someone's running their taxi light and they're your partner, not good. Exactly. I'll be able to recognise that. But then again, then again, there is a message there. So if we actually start to learn to talk Lisa or Jenny or whatever, whatever the language is, then actually we can see that. We can, it's, there's their warning signals. And that yeah, there is are, the, there are definitely warning signs. Yes. How cool is that? How cool is that? If we just pay attention, if we stop uh, finally and 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 get off our 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 rat race, the, the hamster wheel, and actually smell <laughs> the roses, or actually smell your partner for that matter, uh, and in a good way. Yeah, exactly, way. exactly. Um, but there is so much there that we can do. And unfortunately, especially we men, we are sometimes emotional retards. And and I know the word retard is we should not use that. And I will probably get letters to say, but you know, I I, I call myself that. I was emotionally retarded until mm. bloody hell mm. eight years ago. Mm. And I'm still mm. only now learning mm. about the code, about mm. my own what drives me. Why mm. am I getting triggered by my wife rolling her eyes? for crying out loud it's a, it's a bloody that's little off, by the way <laughs> exactly so that's it is just for F off. Oh, yeah exactly i know <laughs> so but there is so much so much that we can learn so it is not mission impossible no um, no on the contrary I did it. and if but... i can do it anyone can do it i was dumb as a rock trust me 
My point, my point. <laughs> I will now not get into the usual banter between New Zealand and Australia. So no. That's fine. It's, it's all good. It's true. But one thing I was going to say, Stefan, before we go, is it's a yeah. bit like this. This is the analogy that I use for my lads. Basically, you're on the Titanic. That's your relationship. Hmm. You're arranging deck chairs on the deck while the band is playing and the ship is sinking hmm. because you're just not noticing. You're yep. not noticing what's going on. Exactly. Meanwhile, she is rowing away on a life raft mm-hmm. pretty fast towards another ship in the horizon. Correct. And she's been doing that for about a year or two mm-hmm. because it doesn't happen generally suddenly. Isn't it? So what we've got to do is we've got to start realising when we're on a sinking ship and start plugging the holes. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really easy to do. That is the irony of it. Mm. The things that we have to do as males are not really very hard. <laughs> and that's and and I mean that because there, we can I, I have a lot of what we call language patterns or linguistic patterns we use. But also once you understand code and you can read code, mm. technically then you can kind of gauge where things are at and then make the correct adjustments. In other words, put another program in. But if you can't read code and you're a Luddite, then basically, you know what? It's a bit of Russian roulette with how it's going to go. So Titanic, don't be that. Exactly. And we know it, we know it to give you a parallel to that from from the sobriety field. We know that basically your relapse happens weeks and months before you actually take that drink. So there's a long lead up to it. And that is what what a lot of people have to learn the hard way in the first, second, third year of their sobriety. And here we have got the same, we have got a similar pattern there. If we actually become more, more emotionally switched on and more Mm -hmm. aware of our own feelings, of our own behaviors, and Mm -hmm. maybe if we just were to use the one mouth and the two ears in exactly that ratio and actually listen and maybe use the eyes, two eyes, one mouth. Okay. Watch what she is, how she is responding or he, or he, it's not all, it's not all about yeah, the, the bad it's boys. Both. It's both. It's both. Exactly. It's both. We can, we can learn those languages. We can, we can Absolutely. learn, we can evolve. And that is what I That's love. It what you are saying you can evolve and it is actually our Emotional duty evolution. Let's yeah. go. that is our duty to actually become mm. the best mm. human that beings that we can be yes and yes. because of that once we are that once we master that in ourselves then we become mm. the leaders that we aspire to be mm. the leaders in business the leaders mm. in in maybe in mm. social lives but also mm. the leaders within mm. your family because you're now modeling That's a complete different behavior yes you're, That's right. You're modeling. And you have to model. Exactly. And that you is. You have to for learning. Yes. Absolutely. And that is how you break the intergenerational mm. curse mm. that is often mm. so taken for granted. Mm. Yes, my mm. boys most definitely will have the same bloody 50 mm. alcoholic genes that I had from my parents. Mm. But they have have also seen me at my worst Mm. and they've seen me at my best and continuously trying to strive for that. Mm. Now, that overrides so many programs, so Mm. many error Mm. messages. And that is powerful. Yes, messages, yes. So, therefore, here we are. And that's that's it. And and that's what it's all about. It's all about evolving. Because if you don't evolve, you become extinct. (laughs) And And you see that with a lot of people yeah. who literally um they just get stuck in in their old code yeah and when they get stuck in their old code it's always about everybody else doing it to them isn't it and unfortunately that's extinction and so nature goes you know what let's get the next generation to, to kind of take that Ooh, that need i love it david and uh we're about being the next generation as a 56 year old male so you are 56. Yes, I am. And I am 56. 
Now, we yeah. too have got another 56 years to go. And we too are bloody well on our way to actually finally yes. learn something about ourselves. Yeah, finally, so, yeah. It's exactly. taken a long time. <laughs> exactly. Have you actually figured out... Yes. Oh, shit, yeah. Have you figured out who you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I'm not growing up yet, bro. I'm still going out. I'm still going out. Still doing Stupid what I did things. when I was a teenager, only now to job. How cool is that? I'm 25 Priceless. every month. Right. Priceless. <laughs> David, you're an amazing man. one way to do it, right? I've always more than one way. You just have to get around that problem. That's right. I'm going to be 25 again. I've got so many news idea, yeah, new yeah, ideas, new ideas, how to stuff my life up here. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, David. Why not? <laughs> exactly. All right, man. You're an amazing man. I It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful interview. Um, if there was one message that you could send back to the 25-year-old in yourself, the 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 guy who suffered uh, in the army, what message would you send back? I would tell my young 25-year-old self, it's not about me. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, because when we are young, we don't realise the extent of the code that we're carrying and our first identity is basically installed into us by others. Mm. So between the ages of zero, say, to about eight, mm. literally we're absorbing everything and we have no real point of reference except those people who are in front of us mm. and often they're in front of us saying you're bad you're this you're that your behavior is this it's that and that's that a first map that original map that identity created for you by other people what liberated me was realizing i'm not my mum, i'm not my dad i'm not my grandparents i'm not my army instructors when they were telling me these things I have the ability to change my code. I can rewrite my code. I just have to learn programming language. Beautiful. That's what I have to do. So it's not about me. Guess what, Sunshine? It's about them. Excellent. I love it. David, this is not the last time that I had you on my show. Um, I'm threatening you right now. I know where you live. Okay. Welcome to New Zealand, bro. I'm gonna see you. <laughs> no, the reality is you are growing, you're evolving. I want to know where this the new David is. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. No, that's wonderful. David, I wish you all the best for the book release. Uh, let us know as soon as you know, uh, because definitely I will be the first one to buy that book. Um, I can't wait to learn You'll more about Kevin. Up, Oh, ah, Kevin, wait till you meet Sharon, me black widow. Oh, anyway, not to worry. That's Excellent. just a taster. Okay, guys, well, I'm, I'm sure you guys like me. I can't wait. And I want you to just check down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the, the uh, podcast. There are all the links to uh, to Kevin, I was about to say, to David to <laughs> and, and Kevin in future. Um, so don't be shy. Go down there, check him out. And whilst you're down there, press the like and subscribe button so that uh, you get more information coming through whenever I get a new amazing guest coming on the show so david thank you very much again and you guys out there look after yourself and live with passion bye i never give up i never give up i never give up turn around